0: Section Thirty Four of the Convivio. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Convivio by Dante Alighieri, translated by Philip H. Wicksteed. Appendix Two: On Dante's Second Love and the Relation of the Convivio to the Vita Nuova and the Commedia. The convivio is the monument of Dante's second love, and we can have no difficulty in forming a clear conception of its object. Dante's second love was for wisdom, that is to say, the wisdom of God, spoken of in the Proverbs and the wisdom of Solomon. The wisdom that Dante loved was the brightness of the eternal light, the spotless mirror of the majesty of God, Solomon declared of her that God began all creation in company with her, and exclaimed in her person, When He prepared the heavens, I was there, etc. She is therefore the logos of the proem of the Gospel of John, and she is expressly identified with the incarnate deity. Ho, worse than dead, who flee from her friendship. Open your eyes and see that before you were she loved you, preparing and ordaining your progress and after you were made she came to you in your likeness to guide you aright and again o ineffable and incomprehensible wisdom of god which against thy coming into syria didst make so great preparation beforehand in heaven above and here in italy ultimately then dante's second love is for wisdom as a hypostasis in the trinity but the transition is easy to wisdom as an attribute of deity not identified with deity itself. Thus, Dante says of her that her proper abode is in the most secret place of the divine mind, or that she is the spouse of the emperor of heaven, and not only spouse but sister and most beloved daughter. And the wisdom that thus exists primarily in the Creator exists in a secondary way in created intelligences, angelic and human, the love of her is philosophy, and therefore Dante may say of his second love, that the lady of his adoration was the daughter of God, the queen of all that is, the most noble and most beauteous philosophy. And finally, since the object of any emotion is often called by the name of that emotion itself, the subjects which philosophy, love of wisdom, studies, may themselves bear the name of philosophy, And so the sciences one and all are a part of the object of dante's love inasmuch as they are parts of his lady and amongst the sciences the noblest and surest place is taken by theology which suffers no strife of opinions or of sophistical arguments and is therefore likened to the tranquil empyrean heaven such being the lady of dante's second love It is clear that she can in no sense be the rival of theology, and since she supersedes Beatrice in Dante's affections, Beatrice cannot be taken as the symbol of theology in the scheme of the convivio. Nor, indeed, is there any indication whatever in this work that Beatrice stands, as yet, for anything but the Florentine maiden, who lives in heaven with the angels and on earth with my soul nor is there any note of hesitation or doubt in dante's devotion to the church she is the spouse and secretary of god she is holy church who cannot utter falsehood our minds are incapable of grasping the highest truths unless aided by revelation the christian faith cannot lie and has supreme authority above that of philosophers and poets it is obvious from these passages and many others that might be added to them that the convivio is not in any way the record as has been maintained of a period during which Dante exalted human reason or secular philosophy to the same level of authority as revelation, or treated theology with disrespect. What he records in the Convivio is a period in his life during which his love of study became his dominating passion, partially eclipsing the memory of Beatrice. but the wisdom he loved so far from leading him away from theology led him to it for theology was the most glorious of the sciences which constituted the body of wisdom as love constituted her soul clearly dante's dominating motive in writing the convivio was a passion for the study and the promulgation of philosophic truth but he tells us very distinctly that he was also moved by the desire to glorify the italian language and by the desire to avert from himself the infamy of having yielded to so great a passion as the reader of his odes would suppose to have had possession of him. And the way in which he intends to avert this infamy is by allegorizing all the odes of passion without distinction. This intention may have been only incidental to the real purpose, but it was evidently essential and integral to the method and scheme of the convivio. We have to ask, then, whether we can accept all the love-poems on which Dante comments or promises to comment in the Convivio as having really been addressed in the first instance to philosophy. It is clear that we cannot. The seventh treatise was to be a comment on Ode 6, and it is impossible for a moment to believe that this poem relates to anything but earthly passion dante's confession to forese and his desire to dissociate himself from the moral impression produced by his odes are a sufficient comment on this poem and its companions even if for the moment we leave aside the evidence of cantos thirty and thirty one of the purgatorio some of the convivio cycle of the odes commemorated phases of passion from which the author in the lofty sense of his mission now desired to dissociate himself examining the odes in detail we can have little doubt that six seven eight and nine were poems of earthly love inspired by a woman of whom we have no other knowledge and that two four and five are hymns of love genuinely addressed to philosophy whereas ten and twelve seem to connect themselves with beatrice and one irresistibly carries us to the lady of the window of the vita with whom, indeed, Dante himself directly connects it. Now, we cannot accept Dante's asseveration that the lady of the window was no other than philosophy, and that the old Voi che intendendo il terzo cel movete, which stands at the head of the second treatise, was from the first allegorical. We might hesitate to disbelieve his express statement, had we not seen that it is merely incidental to his general purpose of allegorizing all his odes as it is this particular bit of allegorizing must stand or fall with the whole scheme that is to say it must fall with it but the inconsistencies and frigidities to which dante is driven in allegorizing this ode are in themselves sufficiently convincing in the vita nuova the lady of the window first appears to dante a certain space after the first anniversary of beatrice's death and then tries his constancy during certain days after which the memory of Beatrice victoriously reasserts itself, and the poet, writing after the close of the whole episode, pronounces the thought of this lady as gentle in so far as it discoursed of a gentle lady, but in other respects most base. Further, he declared that the heart which took part for the lady of the window signifies appetite. In the convivio, the lady, now identified with my lady philosophy, first appears to Dante considerably more than three years after Beatrice's death. It is some thirty months after this before he has sufficiently overcome the first difficulties of study to feel the full power of his enamorment. He does not purpose to speak any more of Beatrice in this whole work. He emphatically warns his reader against taking heart to mean any special part of the soul or body. And, so far from being ashamed of his new love as most base, he frankly exalts it over his first love, for Beatrice, and declares that a man ought not, because of a greater friend, to forget the services received from the lesser. But, if it really behoves him to follow the one and to leave the other, when he follows the better, the other is not to be abandoned without some fitting lamentation." In spite of dante's declaration then that he does not intend the convivio in any way to derogate from the vita nuova we must believe that it was only by a tour de force that he could attempt to harmonize the scheme of the one work with that of the other and that we shall be safer in basing our judgment as to the lady of the window and the ode that concerned her upon the internal evidence of the vita nuova and the ode itself than upon the express assertions avowedly made with the purpose of the convivio we have therefore reached the conclusion that dante desired to dissociate himself from the implications of some of his poems which implications he regards as infamous that he intended to effect his purpose by treating all his love poems as allegorical and that in pursuance of this purpose he actually explained Old One in a manner inconsistent with the narrative of the Vita Nuova and with the facts. But the scheme, alien surely from Dante's sincerity of character, was never completely carried out. Henry's election and expedition, as we have seen reason to believe, interrupted the progress of the Convivio, and gave rise first to the Demonarchia Monarchia, and then to the political letters. After Henry's fall, The world had changed for dante his thoughts had been matured his whole nature had passed through the fire his life thought had deepened from that of the convivio to that of the comedy and if the substance of the convivio had become inadequate its form and scheme had become impossible dante had come to see that if there is any aspect of our past lives that is at war with our present lives and aspirations we must dissociate ourselves from it, not by allegorizing it away, but by purgatorially living ourselves out of it, and into its opposite, by confession and by penitence. At the same time he perceived that philosophy, so far from leading him away from Beatrice, had been leading him back to her. It was in sin that he had wandered from her, it was in love of wisdom that he came back to her my lady philosophy no longer the rival of beatrice was resolved into beatrice's emissary virgil and beatrice herself the superseded scheme of symbolism of the convivio was abandoned the poet purged himself from its taint of insincerity and after his passage through purgatory the supreme confession and the agony of penitence with which he met his outraged ideal in the earthly paradise give us his final comment on the aberrations he had once thought to explain away final save for the light that streams upon the whole question of sin repentance and forgiveness from the paradiso End of section thirty four